This is Tan Tan Tan. <laughs> Nay Nay. Hey. We're here with Taz Nose being Taz. Taz as always. Taz. Yeah, as always. We're back. As you can see. Anyways. So we had a good question this time around by one of your loyal listeners. My loyal listeners. Your loyal listener. Friend of what? What are we on? 17 years now? Um, Seven, no. No. Ten, yeah. 17 years. S 17 years, yeah. Ugh. We're getting old. Hey, speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody's getting old here. Your mindset's getting old. Anyway, this was about your legacy. Yeah. And what would your legacy be? What I would like my legacy to be. So, yeah, uh, my friend Samantha texted and s suggested that we talk about this. And I no, brought it up to you and we like, yeah, it's, it's a good one. And it, it, good. it really forced me to think that this, this week's been crazy. Um, and the next two weeks are going to be crazy. But I did take some, some time to think about that question because I always had legacy in my mind and and everything that i do i would think about legacy um but i never stopped to think about what i want my legacy to be because it's kind of always been all right if i do this then i don't want that to be what people remember me by yeah you know so i took some time i was like okay i, I know the things i don't want to be remembered by right but what do i want to be remembered by yeah so that after some exploration you know and i didn't we haven't talked about it directly like this, but we have talked about the concept before, or what I'm about to say, um, because I realized recently that that's already kind of coming into fruition, the thing that I want to be my legacy. Mm -hmm. um, when I started training MMA, it was because of pain and training helped me get out of that pain. Mm -hmm. um, and now I don't train because of pain anymore. I train because I love it. I have a passion for it. Um, and I always kind of fell back on training, whether I was happy, whether I was sad, whether I was angry, mad, whatever. Training always brought me back to balance. Even on the days that I was like, like really good, feeling really, really good, and I knew I had to come back to a certain balance from it, Training was how I did that. When I started teaching it and coaching it, it kind of changed things as well because it gave me a different side of it, you know, because I was now putting other people through the things that I went through and as, as far as the sport goes. Mm -hmm. And even doing it a little bit differently because I always looked at my classes. I was like, how would I want to be trained? Mm -hmm. And that's how I run my classes. You know, the things that I feel like I need to improve on and I find ways to improve those things, I try to incorporate things like that into my classes, right? So when it comes down to why I kept on teaching and why I, I was so willing to kind of leave fighting and competing behind to just pursue running the gym and, and, and coaching, 
was because I saw how much the sport helped me mm-hmm. and I wanted to do that for other people. I wanted other people to see the benefits of training and move yeah. away from people thinking that it's just a violent sport and the things that they see in UFC is the way that the sport is because it's not. Yeah. The UFC is just one form of media that portrays MMA, but it, it's, yeah. it doesn't represent what MMA is as a whole. Right. Um, so for me, it was showing people that. And I, I had said it a couple of times, maybe on the podcast, I know I've said it a, a bunch of times in real life, that I wanted to bring the art back in martial arts. It's gotten so so much of a show, so much of a production, that I wanted, at least for the people that train at Warrior Evolution, to see the art side of things, to see how everything connects, to see how you can apply these concepts that we learn in fighting in our everyday lives. You know, the things that make us better martial artists or better fighters can also make us better human beings. Right. You know, so that's kind of what I, I wanted my my legacy to be, you mm-hmm. know, and, and that's what I'm doing with, with the gym. That's what I'm doing with Warrior Evolution. And it, it really started clicking on me you know, I talked about with uh, um, the last grappling tournament, and Quinton had made that comment about how I'm taking people that have no background and I'm training them to do well in competition Yeah. in a matter of months. And, and we talked about how that was helping me get out of the, the little slump that I was in after the fight, the last fight night. And then more recently, one of my, my other students, um, Vinit, uh, moved out of, out of the country. He, I think he moved to Canada. Mm. And on his last day there, you know, when he pulled me to the side and he thanked me for, you know, for teaching him. And he told me, he's like, you know, I, I started training just to, to see it. Like, I just wanted to see what, what it was because I, I knew nothing about it. Mm-hmm. He's like, but with your teaching, you made me a fan of the sport. And I know that I want to continue my training. And I want to find a place wherever I go to be able to keep training. Mm. And that's exactly. And it felt so good to me. And I thanked him for that because that's that, that's all I'm trying to do. You know, mm. sometimes I get caught up with the competition and, and wanting to win. But that was one of the biggest wins that I've hit this year was to hear those words because that's essentially what I'm trying to do that's essentially what I'm trying to leave behind is a love for the sport that I developed and anybody that comes across it is going to love it too whatever they want to do with it yeah so it's it's going to take some time but I think what you're doing is because you are being yourself in this journey you are being you and you are showing everyone the struggle that you live throughout your life and I think now that because we're seeing your journey from how you started to now mm-hmm. you're you're speaking your truth essentially yeah and I think that is never unnoticed because people see the amount of effort you put every day into the gym and so what you're doing is you're living your legacy mm-hmm. and so based on what you tell us we also see it yeah and so when we ask you what would your legacy what would you like people to remember you by it would be okay you use the sport or you allow the sport to help you mentally emotionally spiritually 
and then you you found the value in the art mm-hmm. so if that's is if that's who you want Tass to be known by then i think it you're doing it thank you you know i, I think it's it's a big team that i think you're leading Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that you're touching and maybe many of us are not saying anything but I think you're touching a lot of people's lives without even thinking about it. You know there there was a a moment maybe a month or two ago mm-hmm. where you know a, one of the students was going through a tragedy and mm-hmm. this individual was was in the office talking with Carla when I came in. Yeah. And then we kind of stuck behind. Carla took over the warm-ups for the class, and I stayed behind with the student. Yeah. And, you know, I just I paid my condolences, and it was yeah. it was uh, one of those things where it's like I, I didn't know what to say. I, yeah. There's nothing I could say, you know, other than the, the typical, you know, if there's anything you need, just say it. Yeah. And then this person came back and said, I don't think you realize how much you help people here. Mm. And for someone that's going through a big hardship to still be able to say that meant so much. And and this was, again, during a time that I was almost having that imposter syndrome with, uh, with what happened at the last fight night and stuff. You know, and that kind of sent me like, oh, you know, I'm trying to be strong, you know, to support my student. Yeah. And, and and they say that, and it just meant everything to me, you know, and it was just like, okay, you know, the, the days that I feel like I'm not doing anything, someone's always there to remind me that I am. Yeah. You know, because it, it's hard, because I can, I can see in my mind what I want, and, you know, I'll close my eyes and see it, and when I open my eyes, it's not there. You know, and that could be very draining. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that that can relate to that. You know, but when you have these glimpses of the of your dream mm-hmm. in reality, that's an extra push. Mm-hmm. You know, so it it helps me going forward, and that's why I've always said that my students help me just as much as hopefully I'm helping them, because just words like that comments like that when i see people get together at the gym when i see people work together at the gym it's just that's exactly what i'm trying to do and i think also what what helps is that you pay attention to these things mm-hmm. and you don't take them for granted mm-hmm. you know i we've been having conversations about being in the present yeah. and how every moment can be taken away and this opportunity is only one opportunity given, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, you can elaborate more on that, but it's basically you being present and value in every moment that you get. Mm-hmm. So, minor conversations that you may have with each individual student or maybe as a group, for you it's okay, maybe it's an everyday thing or this is just my piece of wisdom for the day. You know, there's times that you've apologized to the class and say, oh, I'm sorry if I'm going on a rant. Yeah. But you don't know if that person is actually taking that valuable information and taking it to heart. Because typically when I apologize for my long rants, like there's at least one student in the group that, <laughs> that's a, that, that says thank you, you know, yeah, it's, it's beneficial and stuff, you know, and that's yeah. when I kind of plug in. I, I don't like advertising the podcast too much <laughs> at, at the gym, yeah, but right. uh, at times like that, I was like, you know, if you guys do want to hear those things. I have a whole podcast on Spotify for that. Yeah, for sure. But um. No, I, the 
going back to what you said about you know remembering and being present with all those little conversations that actually started with me when the the first year of of owning the gym mm. when we brought in um Hiba Ali mm. the founder of uh, Evolve Nation we brought her in uh to train the 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 gym I think she did two seminars yeah, right she did, she did yeah. two because mm-hmm. originally when we talked we were we were planning on three but then we combined one and and just did two um you know typical standard that was the, the first seminar that I kind of orchestrated as an owner and it kind of set the tone for how the seminars were where we bring the individual in and then we go out to eat and mm-hmm. it gives me an opportunity to pick their brain any even more mm-hmm. and, and hopefully there's a day that I can I can talk to Hiba again because there's the whole side of where the gym is now has a big um big things I don't know what word I'm trying to think Gratitude. of Gra- like she she's mark she was a big part hmm. of because because she, she came in for that seminar at a time where I knew that Anthony and I were on our on our way to to separate gyms mm-hmm. um I just didn't know exactly where I was going and the conversations I had with her that weekend really helped kind of put things together and it's not a coincidence that her company's name is Evolve Nation and ours is Warrior Evolution because she really helped things a lot. But one of the things that did happen that weekend that changed the way that I looked at things, because I always struggled remembering people's names. Yeah. I could remember faces. I struggled remembering names. This woman comes in and I think at the time she had maybe 800,000 followers on Instagram and now she's past a million, maybe closer to 2 million followers these days you know and she was constantly there like that she had me plug in her her phone into the 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 radio that we had mm-hmm. and it was phone call after she was getting so many phone calls and text messages you know so there she was in communication with a lot of people and over the course of the two seminars i think maybe we had 40 or 50 people come in total between the two seminars mm-hmm from the gym and then from the people that she brought in when she advertised it on her page. Mm-hmm. And she remembered every single person's name after just a two hour seminar, mm-hmm. a two hour workout. And she remembered everyone's name. And either me or Carla asked her like, how, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. And she said, you never know who's gonna have an impact in your life. So why not remember them? Mm-hmm. So I was like, holy shit. You know, so from that point on, I, I I made more of an effort to be in the present long enough to remember people's names, mm-hmm. if not at least remember conversations, and that's kind of how that part started. Yeah. Because you never know what's gonna impact somebody. Yeah, I mean, it always comes in handy whenever you're storytelling, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always think back, like, how is it that you can give good stories and so many good details? But it also attributes to how you pay attention so well, right? Yeah. Or you at least try to remember something about this conversation or something. And then you always bring it back to that story. Yeah. And then we picture ourselves in that moment. Mm-hmm. So it helps all of us kind of picture what you're going through or what you saw. Yeah. You know, in your own perspective. You know, so... I don't know. It was, it was a gift given to me by God, too, I think. It was just mm-hmm. the... the 
things that I've been able to remember. Obviously, there's plenty of things that I forget, but I try to remember the big things, you know. Yeah. And I I never realized how much of a thing that was to remember stuff um, until I got to the position that I'm in. Yeah. You know, because I do come across a lot of people. You know, it's not oh, just okay. the students that we see all the time, but it's the new people that come in. And, yeah. you know, I typically don't deal with them too much because Carla's the one that, you know, kind of has them sign the waiver. She talks to them after the, the trial and stuff. And, you know, she's kind of the, the the first layer of, of Warrior Evolution. Um, but lately there's been a few people in the basic class that come up to me, even if, you know, I, they haven't, just to introduce themselves to me to you know they thank me after their first day or whatever Mm -hmm. um someone came in for their first day this past saturday Mm -hmm. and he had heard me have a conversation with one of my students in the advanced class that you know i got selected for jury duty and i'm going to be in jury duty for the next two weeks yeah and he came up to me after class he's like did i hear you say that um you you got selected for jury duty i was like yeah and he's like oh yeah, I, I overheard and it just reminded me of, of a TV show that's kind of funny and, you know, I, I thought I'd mention it. He's like, it, 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 nothing, you know, just it is a funny show. So <laughs> just reminded me because you got selected for jury duty if you want to watch it, but you probably don't want to watch it since you're going to be living it for the next two weeks. <laughs> but I, I figured I'd just say it. Yeah. You know, and that was so different to me. And I think I've said it before that, you know, one of the things that Anthony taught me as an instructor was to look for difference in people mm-hmm. you know and that was so different because you said it like i don't have the friendliest face so some people don't like approaching me like even you're unapproachable even the yes. people in my <laughs> class that i train and they see me every day yeah have a hard time approaching me but this guy that had no idea who i was came up to me just heard that i i was doing jury duty and decided to share this experience <laughs> and this memory that he had of mm-hmm. a tv show you know but that's that's something that's different, you know, yeah. and that's going to help me remember him. Yeah. He, whether, I, I don't think he signed up, whether he comes back or not, but there's that memory of, of someone being different. Mm. You know, there's no hesitation to approach me about a TV show. <laughs> and, and with that, I think it's just the, the nature of it, of, of them being just so themselves, you know? Yeah. It's not like he was forcing that conversation no. because there's students and we don't have to say names, but there are students out there that try too hard. Yeah. They try to get on your good side. Yeah. Because one, they know that, okay, maybe if I talk him or maybe get on his good side, maybe he won't make you work hard or mm-hmm. maybe he'll take the test easier yeah. or maybe he'll forget about the things that I did. You know, they kind of try to get away with things just because they're on your good side or they try too hard to be you know your friend or i don't know teacher's pet type of thing you know but when when you have people that just do it so like natural and they just don't care they're just okay i'm just being myself i think that's where you find a little bit of better flow no yeah definitely and so i mean we've gone back and forth with with how you you started you know being more open to be yourself and i think the moment you started realizing your value as a person I think that's the moment where everything started kind of um, aligning mm-hmm. with your life, you know, because now you've met people, you know, Dan Severn, you know, you have Coach Kress come in more often, and then you have all your coaches come in. So I think all of them have kind of 
contributed to to how you live your legacy now yeah right because they all have like a little bit of an influence of how you're living your life yeah you know so and and it's the the podcast that we have on 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 having positive influences yeah you know part of the legacy that i hope to leave behind i i try to have those influences legacies with it you know yeah. there there's no legacy it has without coach Cress, without yeah. anthony without dan without my students without all you guys without yeah. the undertaker without eddie guerrero without randy savage you know all these positive influences that i've been blessed with are part of my legacy yeah. you know and, and that's just i am very much aware that none of this is possible without all these people without my parents without the upbringing that i had without you know my cousin anton without all these people that had such a role in forming me to be the person that i'm the good and the bad yeah you know because part of my legacy is also going to be some of the bad too it's going to be yeah. you know you're not going to be everyone's favorite yeah you know and that. as long as there's more people that remember the good than remember the bad then i'll be happy with that Part of the legacy that you want to leave behind, what is something that you are still working on that you wouldn't want to have? Like, maybe this is something that you're working on yourself. Probably the the being unapproachable part. Mm, okay. Um, because I don't try to be unapproachable. Really, I, I think I, it as a joke to be honest. No, but, you, it, but it is true, you know, because mm -hmm. it, you can say it as a joke. I can say it as a joke, but when some of the people that I consider close friends now mm -hmm. said at the beginning that they were scared to approach me. That's, mm. That says something, you know? Um, and the fact that they said they were scared. Yeah, you know, so that that's very telling of either the aura that I'm, I'm giving off or the face that I have, <laughs> you know, because I, I also make comments that I'm, I'm an introvert. I'm, you know, the lone wolf and I like to do things on my own and stuff. I, yeah. You know, it's very evident when it comes to fight night. You know, I try to always sneak out the back door before I see anybody. <laughs> yeah, of course. You know, so I, I say those things. I have the, the face that I have, you know, but at the end of the day is like, and people at the gym will know this because once you break that barrier and start yeah. the conversation with me, it's going to be hard to get me to shut up, <laughs> you know, but I don't want people to feel like they can't talk to you, talk to me. You know, that, that that's probably the biggest, the biggest one. I think it was when I, I even, yeah, when I first met you and I told you the same thing, remember? Mm -hmm. I think we were going through the, the fight camp. Yeah. And it was just hard for me to express myself because I just didn't know how you were going to take it or if you actually understood me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, I think the, the, the vibe that some people get, they're like, I don't know if he's going to understand what I'm going through. Yeah. But then I think what's help, also helping is the podcast. Because now many times I hear some of the students go up to you. Mm -hmm. and tell you hey you said something like this about the podcast that i can relate to mm -hmm. that reminded me of this or i'm going through and i yeah. didn't know you were going through that and and if you go back to how all of this started that's the reason why one of the main reasons why we did this yeah this podcast was to, to show uh, to show everybody that i'm just i'm just a normal human being too you know it's it's just some people might seem like I, I've been doing the sport forever, but I've, in my mind, I've only been doing the sport for 13 years. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, and they're like, you can say only, but you, so many people don't make it 13 months. Yeah. You know, but I also have guys like Dan Severn and Coach Crest yeah. in my corner that have been doing this for over 40, 50 years now. I'm doing it. You know, so 13 years is nothing compared to, to what some of my influences have, some of my, my mentors have. Mm-hmm. You know, so for me, it's just, I'm, I'm just at the beginning stages of all of this. So you're not getting old. You're young still. You're just getting started. It depends who you ask. <laughs> if you ask my my knee and my back, then they won't agree with you. But <laughs> no, but I truly believe this is just the beginning stages of your legacy. Like yeah, you're you finally know, and, building that for yourself. And I, that that was part of me taking my physical training seriously again, and and making sure to jump in with the fighters a little bit more and things. You know. This week alone, I, I did a uh, few more rounds with Caesar, and I worked with Caesar a little bit more hands-on leading up to his debut mm-hmm. um, for a couple of different reasons. You know, one, I, I, I've said in, in coaching, there are certain things I can see from the outside. There are certain things that can be seen from the inside. Mm-hmm. I need to kind of see both sides of that if I really want to help Caesar, mm-hmm. you know, but it's just he helps me grow so much, too, and we're talking grappling. He flows so well on the ground, yeah. you know, and I've gotten slower as I've gotten older and heavier. He helps me continue my movement, mm-hmm. you know, and he doesn't let me be lazy. You know, I was, he was getting pretty tired, like uh, Saturday grappling, like he had done all the rounds and I did one round, I'd sit three rounds out and then I do half a round and then sit another two rounds out and then he didn't have a partner in one of the last rounds, so I was like, you know, I'll, I'll go with you. You know, we'll just, we'll, we'll keep moving, you know, because as soon as we engaged, I felt how how tired he was. Yeah. You know, so I just kept him moving, and then I slacked off for like one second, and he found me in a submission, mm. and I was like, fuck, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and he got it, he got me, I tapped. Mm. You know, so even through all of that, it, he, he keeps me honest with that, because he felt like, okay, because... He's tired now. I'm not giving my all to it, and I'm just kind of going through the motions with it. So he's like, "No, none of that. Here, yeah. take this triangle choke now." Mm-hmm. You know. So I know 32 isn't old. I'm gonna be 32 in about a month. Um, 32 with the experience I have training MMA and the wrestling I did before that, I naturally feel that combat athletes bodies age a little bit faster than a typical typical person yeah you know so i understand that things are going to be harder so i got to work a little bit harder to stay in shape but i also know that the time that i have with the actual physical side of the sport is going to be more limited than the side that i that the mental and emotional side of the sport mm-hmm. you know so i do want to enjoy that side a little bit more you know because it's it could be gone real quick you know it's just one bad injury that can put you out for a, a long time if not for ever yeah. you know but if i can enjoy that while still you know because that that's that's another form of communication for me that's another form of expression it is the physical side of things mm-hmm. you know the the podcast and the conversations i have with people that can go on a lot longer than me sparring you know and I'm understanding of that you know but it's just 
another way hopefully to and i've always wanted the gym and the podcast to kind of work together so people can feel the physical side of things and then step back and realize how deep those things can be you know yeah because the second you slack off in life you might get caught with whatever and and lose whatever it is that you're trying to do because you're thinking too far ahead or if you're thinking behind and you're not not right there at that moment you can get caught in a submission that you know is coming because the submission that caesar caught me in he sent me a video a few days prior saying i'm gonna get this on saturday Mm. and he got it on me no (laughs) you know yeah because i was not in the present at that moment i was thinking all right what's next what are we gonna do after this round oh okay you see he you also get caught in your own like philosophies i guess Mm -hmm. or the things that you're also teaching you know it's not that you're exempt for for these mistakes or lessons Mm -hmm. you're always part of that process too it's just the way that you see things they're a little bit different and how you take these lessons are that's how you take them and how your response is going to dictate what's going to happen next exactly so i mean that's i mean that i think that was a good question I think yeah. your, your your legacy is definitely building. Mm-hmm. It's a never, I don't think it's like okay when you ask somebody what's your legacy. Well, actually, I don't know until I'm dead. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, it, it's something that you know you hope to leave it behind. Yeah, you hope to leave behind. Um, but I will not know in this lifetime if the legacy that I just described is going to be there for me. Yeah. You know because that's going to be decided by the people that are left when I'm gone. Yeah. You know, it's another big reason why I will never stop talking about the impact that Eddie Guerrero and Randy Savage had in my life. Yeah. Eddie's been gone for 18 years now. And Randy's been gone for 12 years now. You know, and I'm never going to stop talking about those guys. You know. Would you say that even while they were alive, were they viewed the same way as they are viewed now? Um, macho potentially, yeah, you know, because I think the circumstances of their deaths also play a factor in those things. Okay, um, if you would have to, Eddie Guerrero died November 13, 2005. If someone from now traveled to November 12, 2005, a day before Eddie passed, and sat down with 14 year old me and said Eddie Guerrero is going to be a huge part of your story Mm. I would have thought "Mm, you're crazy Mm -hmm. I mean I like the guy Mm. you know he's definitely up there and and the reasons why I watch wrestling but it wasn't until he died that I realized how much of an impact and how much of an inspiration he was for me Mm. you know because when he was alive i got to see him do it when he won the championship he was like the first latino in in 40 years to win the wwe championship he was i think he's to this day he's still one of the smallest guys to ever win the wwe championship and it gave me hope like i can do this because at the time i still wanted to be a wrestler Mm -hmm. you know and then 
when he died and I saw the impact that he had with his peers because I saw grown men sobbing uncontrollably because of his death mm. and I cried the, the, the day that I found out he, he died I, I, I cried for hours you know I, I cried myself to sleep and, and I couldn't believe it you know and, and people couldn't believe it it's like you know really <laughs> mm -hmm. I knew you liked him but you know for me it was always Undertaker and Macho Man were always fighting for that top spot and, and when Macho Man died it was I tried to cry but I couldn't and, and to this day when I see things of Eddie I still get emotional 18 mm -hmm. years later you know because of the impact that he left you know so I think and he was 38 when he died I'm gonna be 32 you know so for me to think okay Eddie left at 38 that would give me six years to do something but he by by the time he made it to 38 he had millions and millions of people crying the day that he died mm. I was like wow you know there's something special you know and then by pure coincidence I think because he had wrote a book about his life that they actually had to delay because he died right before the release of the book and they delayed the release of it so that Vince McMahon can write a I forgot what it's called and uh, just like a tribute like a tribute page for Eddie to put in the front of the book you know so he ended the literal book that he wrote of his life and he left you know it's one of the few books that I've read multiple times I think it's the only book that I've read multiple times you know but that that's the impact that he left because it was just wow you know and I learned a lot about him after he died that just made me appreciate him even more Yeah, I just, I think a lot of it is just the distraction, right? Mm -hmm. When a lot of things are going on, you don't really see the big picture or the meaning behind it until it's gone. Yeah. And then once you put everything into perspective, you realize, okay, there's a lot of value in this. Yeah. Eddie's death was one of, uh, I stopped watching wrestling the way that I was watching it after he died. It was, it was very difficult for me to watch it after he died. Mm -hmm. And I didn't get back into like, I still watched it here and there. I still watched WrestleMania every year. But I didn't get back into really watching it again until nine years after he died. Because mm. it was very difficult for me to watch it without him. Yeah. It's like you lose that the essence in the sense. Yeah. And the person that you love. You know, when, when my dad was consoling me when I was crying that night, yeah. the night that he died, you know, I told him, I was like, it's so weird because it feels like I lost a family member. Mm. And he's like, you lost a family member through through the TV, mm. you know, because I, I always said wrestling was a big part of my childhood yeah. because they were there for me every week. Yeah. And it was the only f faces constant. <laughs> constant that I saw on a regular basis mm -hmm. were those guys, you know, so when one of them died, it, it hit, mm. you know, and Eddie just, he, he hit the hardest out of everybody yeah. to this day. And, and unfortunately, in the world of professional wrestling, there's been a lot of deaths You know, and Eddie helped kind of bring light to that because this is in a whole entirely different podcast. But, mm -hmm. but because of his death, the WWE implemented a, um, a stricter drug policy. Mm -hmm. And once they implemented that, 
fewer wrestlers were dying. Mm. You know, so even through tragedy, he still helped make things better. Mm. Even wow. through death, he still helped make things better. Wow. You know, and that's the power of Eddie Guerrero. And it's Guerrero for our non-Spanish speaking friends is Spanish for warrior. Oh, so that kind of puts together how the people that help influence me, I, I choose to try to keep their legacies going too. And that's why the name of the gym is Warrior. Wow. And, and that was a, a must. I was like, this, the word warrior needs to be somewhere in this. Warrior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, not the warriors that you're talking about. Yeah, they're true warriors. Yeah. yeah. Randy. Yeah. Macho. The Undertaker. You're in the Undertaker after, after being retired. He hasn't really officially retired. No, but he's he's also another person that has left a big legacy in, mm-hmm. in WWE. Yep. Wrestling fans. Don't even get me started when the day I he know. goes because the, the the thing I just said about Eddie's death being the biggest one might change on the day that that Taker leaves us. But mm. you know, it, it's just. I'm very grateful for having those influences, you know, because I wouldn't be the person I am without them. I, I've never met Eddie Guerrero. Mm. I, I've seen him wrestle a bunch of times. Uh, I was actually in in the third row of the last show that I went to that he was he was there, you know, so I got to see his, his performance up close, you know, and I've never even been in the same room as, as Randy Savage. I never saw him live. I never... Mm-hmm. So I knew that, you know, and everybody knows how many times I met The Undertaker and, yeah. and seen The Undertaker, you know, so I'm, I'm thankful for that, you know, but it's just, the, all those people really, really helped make me, me, you know, there, there's no task without any of them, you know, so if I can help keep their legacies going through my legacy, that's, I can rest in the happiest of peace possible <laughs> yeah I think it's it's just delivering that message now yeah I think the more you deliver the message maybe it might it might impact one or it might impact many thousands mm. right but it all depends of like how you want to deliver that message yeah and so we started this this podcast, what, two years ago now? A year? Really? It's going to be like two years ago. I think it's going to be... Uh, we've probably been doing it for a year and a half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a year and a half worth of, of stories and visions and a lot more to come. See, and as long as Spotify isn't still going, then people will be able to hear my voice for ever and ever. You said ever and ever. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have the the YouTube. That I've been slacking again on. I mean, you know, it's still there. It's still there. It's still there. And, you know, but it's just all of of that, you know, if if there's people out there that are benefiting from what I'm doing, like I I want that to keep going, you know, And, and that's why I'm very picky with who I have in my circle because if my circle doesn't represent the type of people that I want others to look at, then you're not in my circle. 
Mm. You know. Mm. You you gotta value yourself mm -hmm. and the value of the people that you're surrounded by. I mean, you gotta be proud of that too. Yeah. You know, so yeah, every, everyone serves some sort of impact. Even your friends will serve that mm -hmm. legacy. You know. The friend that res requested this this topic is is definitely up there. You know, and then uh -huh. Samantha was, has been there for. Like I said, seven, seventeen years now. You know, through all all the craziness, ups and downs, like she's she was there every step of the way. Yeah. You know, and now for, you know, her son is is my my godson, and it's just one of those things that is like. It I I look for it as 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 a chance to. To. Really, be a role model. Like I I think twice now. Like especially when when I'm with him, it was like I'm. Trying to be on my best behavior. Like, mm -hmm. I curse a lot and I try not to curse around him and stuff, you know? Yeah. Things like that. It, it's another push to... Be better. To be better and, and to leave a, a positive influence and legacy. Yeah. Well, see, I'm glad, I, I'm, <clears throat> I'm glad you see that. And as long as it makes you happy and you're, not, and you're doing it for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. Or living your life for the right reasons and for your happiness, then that's good. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, you, yeah, you're living... I mean, legacy is part of, like, it's for yourself, but more for other people. Yeah. You know, because there's that influence that would either hinder their growth or maybe improve, you know, help them. It's like a guidance. Mm -hmm. So that's where it's important to see, okay, is it going to be a good one? Yeah. Do I want to impact good people and do, do I want to do this for the better? Of humanity and others you know so that's good yep but that was a good one yeah, that was one. deep pretty deep um, but uh thank you guys for listening to this task talk <laughs> um as always literally follow, task talk. literally follow um myself on all major social media platforms at taz mma underscore fitness um, as well as on YouTube at Taz Knows. You can follow Nene on Instagram at Nene underscore MMA underscore CMM. And then subscribe to her YouTube and Patreon at Nene MMA. Um, but that's that's about it. Yeah. That's about it for this week. Uh, we'll catch you guys back next week. And we already have another request from a listener for, for next week. So it's going to be another fun one. Um, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll catch you back next week. Bye.